Mob Talk with Talia Little. Before we begin the podcast today, I just want to acknowledge the lands on which I'm recording on, which is Wurundjeri and Boonwurrung country, and the lands on which Kobe's recording on, which is Gadigal land. Um, I would like to pay respects to all elders present and past and emerging, and I would like to pay respects to... um, We'll just acknowledge all the resilience that our families and young people have and the resilience they we work with every day. So, yeah, thanks. So, Kobe, thanks for being on the podcast. How are you going? Good, good. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Um, so, just to get started, do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself and where you're from? Yeah, um, uh, my name's Kobe Day. Um, I grew up in Maroubra. I'm on Beardjigal land. I'm down here in Sydney, um, but my people are from from Moray, so I'm a Gomoro man. Um, and yeah, I've, I've lived all my life in Sydney around Maroubra, now living on Gadigal country in the city. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Did you grow up with mum or? Yeah, yeah, I, I just grew up with my mum and my siblings. So um, yeah, yeah, just mum and the siblings. Yeah, nice. How many siblings do you have? I have uh, six. I'm the oldest of seven. I've um I've three three brothers from my dad, um, and a sister from my dad, and I have two sisters from my mum and a brother from my mum. I'm the oldest, oldest of all of them. Wow, big family, big family. Do they yeah. all look up to you? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they all live near you now? Um, no, nah, no. Nah. So my mum and stuff, they still live back um in Maroubra ways and um but I, I still see them, see them all the time. And I've got a little brother in Wollongong, Tyrell, um, and I've got another two brothers in Wilmaringal up near um, Bray Warner. Oh, cool. And I um, I see you have a little daughter. She's cute. Yeah, yeah, little Callie. She's, um, she's just started um, preschool not not too long ago, so she's just getting used to it. Yeah. yeah. Man, what age did you have her? Um, I think I was 21. It was, yeah, 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 I was 21, 21 when she was born. So in 2019, on April 10th, she was born, yeah. Was it tough having a kid so young? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but for me, I it was something that I always wanted. Like um, growing up without my dad, I knew that um, I, I knew that I, I just wanted to be a dad. I know I wanted to give give my child sort of what I didn't have, Um and and yeah, it's just something that I always knew that was going to happen. So when I found out that it wasn't going to happen, um, I was just full of excitement. But um, and a lot of challenges definitely came with it. Um, at at the time when I found out that um she was she was coming, I, I wasn't exactly the most prepared. Um, I was still caught up in in like uh, I was caught up in addiction. I was caught up in um sort of rising to to sort of the bit of fame that I got now because at that time Buzz still came out and um yeah I was starting to get a bit of a name and people started to get to know me and with that came more drinking and more drugs and stuff and um about three months after she was born I ended up signing myself into a rehab because it just got it was getting too much for me and um I just wasn't really feeling my responsibilities as a father so um yeah I made that step when she was three months old to go to rehab and yeah just changed my life ever since. That's a pretty big deal to um, t- 
turn your life around like that and make that decision at such a young age to be like, this is not the life I want to live. I'm going to do this for mm. my daughter. That's really cool, man. Yeah. Do you feel like yeah, that no, comes into your music a lot? Like I've, I've been listening to music recently. Actually, well, I've got a funny story for you. Um, yeah. When we first started the podcast, I which was, oh, how about like five months ago? Something like that. Anyway, November last year, I was laying in bed um, trying to research really young Aboriginal people to get on the podcast because we're trying to target um, young people that we work with. So we work with, uh, well, I personally work with kids in out-of-home care from probably like 16 to 21 and um, they all listen to music and they love it. But I found you and I was like, oh, my gosh, this dude, Kobe, he writes some really cool lyrics that resonate with a lot of the young people that I'm working with. So just about, you know, drugs, addiction, um, not playing into that, uh, being, you know, having an expectation from other people that if you don't do this, you're, you're being a bitch, you know, you're, you're not being cool yeah. or you have to do this and whatnot. Anyway, so I actually messaged you on November 6th through my personal account and I, I advise you to go back and read that message because it's, it's, it's actually pretty embarrassing. So, but no, we're, we're really happy Sorry. to, yeah, no, nah, it's, it's all good. You're on the podcast now. So I manifested that. I was like, no, we've got to get Kobe on. So that's, um, yeah. that's really cool. But anyway, back to your music. Um, I was listening, I was researching you the other day and I found I Am Chazza on mm. YouTube and I'm assuming that's what you were talking about just then when the bars of still came out on Triple J. Yeah, 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 yeah. How was yeah. how was getting that like all that attention? Um at, at that time it was it was a bit it got a bit too much for me, I think. Um because growing up as a as a kid with a lot of insecurities and not not thinking too much of myself um and just never really feeling like I was good enough to to do those things. And then having people all of a sudden telling you that you are good enough or all of a sudden you have people that look up to you and and then you get this sort of responsibility. And um, I don't know, I got lost in it a bit. I, like I did start feeling like I had to I had to be a certain way. Um, I felt like everybody was watching me, um, which they were. Like, um, And at that time, I was so far in my addiction that... Um, it just it just drove it even more because I was dealing with the anxiety of of being in like in the public eye all the time and um yeah it just it just drove me to 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 feel that anxiety with with more um drugs and more alcohol and when I would do shows I was starting to do a lot more shows um I'd just get like blackout drunk I get I get drunk to where I'm stumbling on stage and I'm I'm barely singing my lyrics or I'm I'm um mumbling my lyrics and stuff like that and it just it really got out of hand um and yeah but i i guess i i definitely tried to hide it a lot i tried to um i never put stuff like all my stories when i was off my head and i never um i never really ventured out when i was on drugs and stuff i i usually wanted to stay inside because i knew that um i was getting a lot of attention at the time but it, it did feel good as well being noticed but I guess um, I got to a point where everybody seems more happy for my success than my, me. And it was, it was a weird feeling because everyone would be like, oh, I'm so happy for you and um, you're doing mad. And like, every, I could see in their eyes they were, they were excited for me and they like all, all, their, their happiness. And then I was just thinking, like, why aren't I feeling that? Like, why aren't I getting that um, excitement? Why aren't I getting that happiness? And... Um, and yeah, it really just it 
that just started playing on on my mind a lot. And after my daughter was born, and um, I just sort of started seeing myself turning to to my father. Um, you know, my father left me when I was young, and he had drug and alcohol problems. And um, I always grew up, you know, not knowing whether I hated him or I loved him. And it just made me start questioning um, who am I as a father? Am I um, am I becoming my dad? And and yeah, that's what pushed me to eventually go into rehab. And it's funny because my first day in rehab, when I first got there, um, I was at the Glen on the Central Coast up here. Um, and the minute that I walked through the, the gates, um, there was a school being toured around around the rehab because like it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good rehab. They, they do a lot of stuff for um, like it's um, they've got like um, indigenous programs and stuff in there. We've got um, dancers and stuff like that. And I think they brought some of the Kuru kids from this one of these schools um, to come. It was at a, at a behavior school, sorry. Um, they brought him in, and um, someone came over and they're like, "Sorry, are you Kobe D?" And like, <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, it was my first day. I was I was shitting myself. I didn't know what to expect. And yeah, they come up and they all he's like, "Oh, they they all want a photo with you." And I was like, "Yeah." That was sort of my first introduction to everybody in in the rehab and stuff. But yeah, it was funny. Did you get a yeah. photo with them? Yeah, yeah, I got a photo with them all. Um, um, a couple of them ended up coming back later on, and they got more photos and stuff. Um, <laughs> it was, it was funny because, like, <laughs> like on hey? your first day of rehab, you've taken some photos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still yeah, here. and it's, <laughs> it's it's funny because the people at the rehab they didn't know who I was. Like, um, especially like the because a lot of the people that were in there um, had come from jail, come from jail straight into rehab as well. And I just just didn't really know who I was, and it was there's the, like so so what are you a rapper or something? I was like yeah yeah, like, I, I make make music. And um, then we went to the knockout. The knockout was the Corey knockout was just around the corner, and heaps of black followers, heaps of black followers. And you get there, and then every like every second person was just kept asking for photos and asking for photos. And then you know, everybody in the rehab sort of started realizing like all right, like. He's, he's not talking shit about being a rapper. <laughs> Did you make any music in there? Um, I didn't really. I didn't really. Like, I did, um, but it was sort of, it was just stuff to no beat. And it was just like, just um, sort of throwaway bars. Like, not, not any actual songs. Um, I just did a lot of reading um, when I was in rehab. A lot of reading. Um, we did a lot of meetings, a lot of, um, just a lot of working on myself. Yeah. Yeah, so you talk about the Glen being well having cultural programs. We have a um, facility down in Hastings. I don't know if you know where that is um, in Victoria, but it's on the Mornington Peninsula, I'd say, um, and it's yeah. called Bunjawara. And a lot of our kids go into there. You do like a detox at a, um, I think it's a white facility, and then you go into Bunjil. And it's a specific. Well, we actually don't call it a rehab. We call it a healing centre and it's so yeah. beautiful. And what happens to these young people when they go in and come out is amazing. When they're actually mm. given the opportunity to heal in a safe environment, like they have cultural painting there, they have aunties, they have uncles, they have um, meeting places and like all the young people can go and look after animals and stuff like that. Like it's really special to see when you put young people into a safe cultural environment, how they can mm. flourish. I guess you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I think hundred percent. That's what we need more of because uh, I know hundred percent that's what worked for me. And even though when I got out, um, it sort of 
I, I ended up jumping back into a relationship too fast and just stuff sort of like um, started unfolding again after I got out. And it took me, it really took me to go on this other cultural camp that I went on um, down the South Coast. Um, and we did a lot of healing and stuff there with um, Uncle Max, one of the elders from down, down these ways. And um, like that was six months ago. And like I, I haven't touched a cigarette since. I've just like it's just been like those type of things just fill your cup up. You know what I mean? Like they they just um, yeah they they really fill something within you that just like yeah it just changes you. And I, I think I think that's definitely what we need to start looking towards more to help a mob um, get out of addiction or um, dealing with trauma and. Um, and yeah, just just um, yeah, anything that's going on for us at the moment, I think that's that's what we still should start looking towards doing. Yeah, it's like taking away that band aid fix of putting mob in jail or just in like a, a little program or whatever. It's putting it's incorporating healing into their everyday lives. Like I know when I go back on mm. country, which is up in Alice Springs, um, mm. you just feel you just feel different. Like you feel at yeah. home, you feel around your mob. Like it's, it's amazing what that kind of stuff can do. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, definitely. I was actually listening to your song, Still Standing. Dude, that song is really powerful. Like how did, no, how, did you come, you. how did you come about writing those lyrics? I mean, I actually had a um, non-Indigenous person at work say to me, like you have to listen to this song. And I was like, well, what is it about? They're like, just listen. And it is so mm. powerful. No, thank you. Um, I, I I wrote that when I was I was like um eighteen, I think. Uh, nine. I think I was about nineteen when I wrote that. Um, I don't know, like, cause, cause for me, when when I start writing, a lot of the times I don't go in with the concept or I don't go in with anything. But I think for this one, um, I think Invasion Day had just gone past, and I thought like I want to write something, but I don't want it to. I didn't want it to be like um, like every other rap song where it's just like, um, I don't know, like anger sort of, if you know what I mean. Like I wanted to, um, I wanted to sort of take, take the listeners on a journey and I wanted to, um, I wanted to sort of show my pain in a different, in a different way. Um, and yeah, I started writing and it, it just came out just, just the way it did. Now I, I wrote the first verse, um, when I was 19 and then it took me a few years to come back and then write the second verse. So I didn't write the second verse until I got out of rehab um, in, at the end of 2019. So, it, yeah, it was it was a long process in, in getting that song together. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with how it came out. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there about anger. I mean, a lot of our people, our people do, there is a massive, um, I guess, feel about anger and anger towards what's happened to our mob and our ancestors and whatnot. But I think it's really powerful when you can kind of turn that pain into a message of hope, which is exactly mm. what you do rather than and not, not sending any hate out to rappers or anything that um, are angry and spit that into their, into their music. Cause I think that's really powerful too. Everyone has their own story, yeah. but yeah, I think you can still have a soft delivery, but be assertive. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Which I think yeah, is definitely. really cool. Um, how did this all begin? I was watching something on YouTube when you were like nine. I mean, maybe nine, and you were rapping with a cousin or something. <laughs> Everyone, if you want to see yeah. that, Kobe Duncan, uh, not Kobe uh, D. Just look it up. <laughs> I found so much stuff on you. 
I wish I could delete that, but that's on my um, that's on my uncle's like old YouTube account, and I, I don't think he can log into it anymore. So it's up there forever. But yeah, um, oh yeah, I've started rapping ever since I was like nine, ten years old, um, and I, I guess for for me, like, uh, and I've told this a couple of times, like, I I heard my mum listening to Easy Easy E, Easy Does It, and um. It was like it was on from there. Like as soon as I heard that, I was like, All right, I'm gonna go make a rap." I, I walked straight into my room and I just I made a rap there on the spot. Um, and I came out and I showed my mum, and my mum was sort of a bit surprised that like that I wrote it because like one like some of the words were very um, explicit for my for my age. Um, it was just yeah, so, so, sort of copying what um, EZA and stuff said, but using my own words. Like about selling drugs or stuff like that, just stuff yeah. that I was not doing. Um, and then, yeah, I, I just sort of, I just kept practicing, kept practicing, kept doing it, kept working on it. And only like my mum and like a few friends knew that I rapped. And then once I got to high school, um, I met I met one of my one of my best one of my best mates, um, Jack Cook, and he was in a year above me. So when I got to year seven, he was in year eight, and he had this um, song. So can I swear? Because it might um, or is yeah, there no yeah, swear? No. Swear, swear. Just in case it slips out. Um, but I'll try not to. But yeah, anyways, I got to U seven and um, he was he was there, and um, he had this song out, and everyone was sort of like listening to the song, and I'm like, like I I just didn't I didn't I didn't ever think of showing everyone my songs like he was doing, and so we became like, so we became best friends at that stage and just started rapping together. And then another one of our mates seen that we was rapping, so he started rapping with us, and we went to um, to Redfern Community Center and started recording our music. And I didn't think anyone was going to hear it. I thought, like, fuck, I thought this was just out for us. And um, I got to school like the next few days, and everyone just started like coming up to me with my song on their um, on their phones. This is when Bluetooth was around. And like people were Bluetooth and songs to each other, <laughs> the days. and um, yeah, and everyone had had our song on their phone, and it was like it was crazy. I was yeah, they, everyone was sort of they're they're all mocking a bit, like they're rapping the lyrics, but they know every word. Yeah. So it's like yeah, it, and it just became after that it was like all right, I can do something with this, and and yeah, that's really where it all started for me. So how did you? Oh, well, actually, I want to take it back. So are you an NWA fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to watch this um, documentary on Netflix. I think it's just come out. It's with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Irvine, and it's kind of about how um, NWA came to be. Not came to be, but, like, the whole producing behind it. Um, And it's Mm. really interesting to say that, like, obviously their um, acronym or whatever it is is Niggas With Attitude, and they talk Mm. about how to get other – the only way they could get people's attention was – to kind of speak how they don't normally speak. So mm. they were in the studio and they would speak normally and then on their songs would be like not vile but almost like really over the top to get people's attention, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. But make sure you watch yeah. that documentary. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, the Defiant ones. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it that? Yeah. Yeah, Have yeah. You seen I've, it? I've watched that. Yeah, I've watched yeah. that heaps of times. Yeah. yeah, I always watch that for um, inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, with Jody now, when I was watching Bars of Steel, when I was looking at some stuff of you, I was reading. Do you do you watch your own reviews on YouTube? Um, yeah, yeah, I've watched a couple. 
yeah, yeah. so you know I am Chazza, the yeah, skinny yeah, yeah. white dude from the UK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave a pretty cool review, but they all talk about how you it's like a well produced story. How did mm. you come about, Jody? Like what what influenced you to write a song like that? Well, see, for, with my rapping career, it sort of started out when I was doing um because uh, I became an advocate for um this campaign called Justice Reinvestment. And um, it's about putting money into programs instead of locking young kids up. Um, and I became an advocate for that because I, I started out with um, Weave Youth and Community Services when I was about nine years old and started off with their early intervention programs. And um, and like to this day, I've, I've never been locked up. Um, I've had a bit of trouble with the police when I was about 16, um, just doing stupid stuff that 16-year-olds do. But um, they sort of it sort of showed that these programs do work. Um, so I was, I was able to advocate for, for justice reinvestment. And um, I got to perform at a place uh, at parliament, um, the governor general's house in um, down here in Sydney. And um, we performed for the governor general, Marie Bashir. And um, she ended up inviting us back um, to do another rap for her and stuff like that. And I remember all these people in the crowd, like they were all like business people, like, um, politicians and stuff like that and they're all in suits and and after me just wrapping my story i remember how intrigued they all were and how interested and like how much more they wanted to hear from me um because like yeah they they pulled me aside and tell me how, how good that was and asked me all these questions and it made me start thinking like there's really people out here like that look like them in in these suits and they got money and all this stuff that really don't know how it is for people in our community um and with this, with Jody, I, I wanted to, I wanted to take, take them on a journey into, into, into what happens in our communities. I wanted to take them in like sort of a, a window into, into our lives. Um, and, and that's, that's just what I came out with Jody. I, I picked three, um, three characters and I just wanted to show each character had these separate lives, uh, but they all ended up in the same situation. And, um, and yeah, what what the outcome usually is, either someone dying or someone going to jail or something like that. And um, and yeah, I, I guess I just wanted to paint a picture for um for the people that have never experienced and don't really know what's going on out here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's kind of like that song is what, and I know I'm I know my young people really relate to. I have a um young person. I sent you a message about this actually, but I have a young person who is just like obsessed with you not in a bad way like loves you idolizes idolizes you um and that song really resonates with them like yeah. i guess the kids can kind of relate to the characters and the themes behind it like as i said mm. before you know um if you don't do something you're going to be a little bitch and it's kind of the expectation of being a man is mm. doing these things is going out is um you know uh, taking drugs is drinking is smashing all these things when really it's kind of warped of what a man should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. And it's kind of like we have this – a lot of the um, male elders in our programs like to talk about um, turning young mob in from a gangster to a warrior, and I guess mm. that's kind of the theme we can take from that song. So it's really cool, dude. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, now, boxing. Do you still do it? Yeah. No, nah, I've um I broke my knuckle 
and I dislocated my shoulder not long ago. So I broke my knuckle at the start of 2020 and um, I was actually training for my first professional fight. Um, so I was out for a while and I just haven't really um, tried to get back into it. But as I was thinking of getting back into it, I was skating and um, came off my board and I uh, just popped my, my shoulder out, dislocated my shoulder. So I've, I've got another like three weeks before I can even start start training again. But it is something I want to do, get back into, because it was something that, that really saved my life when I was young. Um, you know, like I was I was going I was going good with the rapping and stuff at got about sixteen and um but I was too heavy in the drugs even at that age. Like I was um I was I was pretty far in addiction at that age. Um I was at at that point where I was just trying everything. I was new to new to everything. Um I started taking drugs when I was probably like fifteen. Um and then yeah, fifteen to about seventeen. I was just, I was doing them all, like all the time. I was just trying whatever I could get my hands on. Um, and one night I had an ear overdose on ecstasy and um, it really, it really fucked me up in a way um, that made me start thinking about my siblings and made me start thinking about, um, you know, like, is this the example that I'm going to leave for them? And um, it really changed a lot in me. And um, it, it took me a while to get back on my feet. Um, it left me with a lot of anxiety. Um, still to this day, um, my anxiety hasn't been the same. Um, I, it still comes and goes a lot. Um, I'm still working on it, but that that uh, moment in my life really impacted me. Um, and it took me a few weeks, but I ended up getting started boxing with um, with a few mates and um, my boxing trainer is still my boxing trainer today. Um, we yeah we started just at first it was just for fitness and then um I just wanted to put a bit of weight on because I was like 17 and I was like 49 kilos I think and that was Shit, just that's like not a lot yeah not a lot at all and um I just wanted to put weight on I wanted to um look healthy I wanted to be um yeah so I started training and stuff and then I started watching the other boys and they were fighting and stuff and I was sparring them and and like my trainer kept saying like you're good like you should you should start start fighting. So um yeah, I said fuck it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. And um I had my first few fights. I lost my first fight um because I started smoking bongs and shit again and I was like not taking it so serious. And then I thought after I lost my first fight, it took me to lose that first fight to to wake up to myself again and like and and really start training um training properly. And I started winning just fights after that. I ended up winning the um the New South Wales featherweight title, and then I moved up. I won the New South Wales lightweight title. Um, I went and fought for the Australian titles up in Cairns, um, but I lost for them. I ended up uh, busting my eardrum in the second round. Um, but yeah, boxing really saved my life at that point. Um, it, it was it wasn't until the music started picking back up that I sort of started falling back into the that that other lifestyle because. Yeah, it, it was always there. It was just um, boxing would distract me for a bit. And then when I wasn't boxing, I'd fall straight back into it. It was um, always an uphill battle with my addiction. And But, yeah, boxing really played a big part in my life and my recovery. Like, yeah. Do you feel like when your music does start to come up again and you start to get that a bit more fame or a bit more recognition for a new song you're you're putting out, do you feel like you kind of have that struggle in your mind about going back to that addiction or going back to the alcohol and drugs? Like, what does that look like for you now? 
yeah, like it's it's always still there um, because like it's for me it was it was a way to deal with my trauma. It was a way to deal with um, a- anything that was going on in my life, and it's hard to it's hard to to sort of um, it's it's easy to fall back into the old ways of healing and what what you think is healing, um, and the, the, it's it's. Um, it's always at the back of my mind. It's always at the back of my mind to go out and do this and go out and do that. But, um, you know, like I'm at a very different stage in my life. Um, I'm a, I'm a single dad. Um, I've got my daughter full time living with me. Um, you know, like I can't, I can't afford to be, to be out partying. I can't afford to be out, um, you know, not coming home after a show. I can't afford to be doing all this sort of stuff because, um, I've got I've got a little life here that depends on me now, um, and it's really really changed changed a lot in me. Um, I I don't know where I would be without my daughter if I didn't have my daughter here with me. Um, she's really a big motivation, but at the same time, I was I, I'm done with that life. Like um, it, it it didn't bring me nothing but pain, and it, it, it um it just um it really took me to places, and it made me made me um. Just a person that I, I I knew that I wasn't was uh, that I that I'm not and um yeah I'm I'm just done with that life altogether so I just I, I every time I get those thoughts I just I remember all the bad stuff that comes with it and um and I just I, I move on I do some breathing techniques or um I just try and get my mind distracted from those thoughts yeah do you feel like so you have your daughter full time now do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, do you still get that? I know for myself, I've had bad experiences with my dad, and a lot of the young people we work with, you know, it's not having um, a stable parent or um, a parent that's on drugs and alcohol, and it really affects the way you view a role model, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. And I know for me and a lot of other young people, it's that fear of becoming your dad. How did you yeah. kind of maneuver your way out of thinking that, like? changing your mindset to be like no I'm not gonna I'm not like my dad I'm not gonna be that parent like how did you how did you go about that when I decided to go to rehab um that's that was me deciding there and then that that I'm not gonna be like my dad because I I I still think it with my dad to this day like and I still I still sort of speak to my dad here and there but it's like he's just like a like a friend um like I, I love him still, um, and I, I can't help but forgive him, because um, like why, once I started seeing myself turning out like my dad, I started understanding my dad, um, and I just I see that my, my dad is a sick person, um, just like I was sick, and I just I I thank him for making me realize how sick I was, and I, I thank him for making me realize like what I don't want to do to my daughter and what I like, cause when I was still on the drugs and stuff, like I'd see my daughter every second week, like, and they, even though that's still not, not too bad for me, that wasn't enough. Um, and like, yeah, I, I just, yeah, yeah I, I think, um, he just showed me what I, what I don't want to be. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's to this day, like now it's, it's about me, Work going on this journey to um, to to find in myself what a good role model is for me. You know what I mean. Um, especially raising a daughter, um, what kind of role model I've got to be to a, to a little girl. You know, because I understand that that 
whatever she says in me is what she's going to want in a man as well. And like if she, if she says that I, I'm a good, a good man, then it shows her, you know what I mean? That there are good men out there or, or like, yeah, I'm just very conscious of every, everything that I'm doing at the moment, because I know that she's going to look up to it as she's growing up and she's going to look to me for guidance. And she's going to, even if she's not asking for it, um, she's going to watch what I do. And it's, that's why I know everything that I do impacts her. So yeah, I just try to be the best man that I can today. How did you turn all that? Because it sounds like, you know, you, you've got a lot of po- – your outlook on things are quite positive now. Or uh, turning it around to be like, you know, I'm not going to be angry at my dad and be like, mm. fu- you know, fuck him for what he's done. You're turning into like thanking my dad for realising how sick I was. Like how did you, yeah. how did you change that? that mindset because I know a lot of young people are angry you know like f dad f mom you know you've and they've chosen a life where it's like in anger and I and I get that but how do you how did you change that for yourself um I think I think having the time to get off the drugs and get off the alcohol um I was left with all of my trauma I was left with um all of my issues I was left with all of my insecurities, I was left with all this stuff and it gave me all this time to self-reflect on my role that I've played in some of the things that have gone wrong in my life. Like wherever it was, um, the times that I'd fought with my my ex, um, my baby's mother, because um, we went through like traumatic stages of breaking up and stuff like that. And it made me um, start reflecting and look at my part in all the, all of that. Um, I started thinking of my mom and all the arguments that we've had and how many times that she's wanted to kick me out and all this stuff. And me being so selfish is thinking like, these people, why is everyone like angry at me? Why is everyone fucking arguing with me all the time? Why is everyone doing all this to me? I never actually sat there and thought, well, what am I doing to make these people like this? Um, and having that, I, I don't know what it was. Something just in me just changed and I started thinking, I started feeling really bad for myself. Uh, bad, uh, not bad for myself. I started really feeling really bad about myself. Started thinking like, fuck, what have I done to all these people? Um, and then it started making me think of my dad, and it started making me think like, my dad just hasn't really had the chance to to get off everything and to to take a step back and think like, how how we see impact in our lives, and because he's he's not thinking like that. He's thinking in survival mode. Like he's just thinking of how is he surviving? How is he gonna survive? How is he gonna you know, um, help help himself at the moment because he doesn't know how to. But all he knows is is the drugs and the alcohol because that's what seems to be working for him at the moment because he's never ventured out and tried anything new. And um, I, I, yeah, I really just I think I took myself um, and I took what I was going through and just I, I think I've I've just seen it in my dad. And um, you know, if if I want people to forgive me for the way that I've treated them, then like. Uh, I, I like uh, you got I've got to expect to to be able to forgive my father or other even anyone that's done me wrong like I, I've come to a place where I forgive them now because um everyone's going through their own shit no one I I believe that no one's intentionally trying to hurt hurt someone else unless you've done something wrong to them if someone does like like all that type of shit I just feel like no one's intentionally trying to hurt me they're just hurting themselves. And it's just, it's overcome, it's outcome towards me. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's took me um, a while to find it, to get to that. But yeah. 
Yeah, what you just said there, that's self-determination. That's what we're trying to preach is taking control of your life and turning it around and saying, no, Mm. fuck that. I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to be like that. Even if I was dealt some pretty shitty cards, I'm going to turn it around and take control of my Mm. own life. So that's that's really cool, dude. Um, Taking it back to when you got signed with Bad Apples, how did mm-hmm. how how did that come about, dude? That's pretty cool. Like, Briggs' yeah. label, like that's sick. Well, like first of all, Briggs and Bad Apples, like I've always I've always wanted to be a part of it. Um, I remember I remember reading about Briggs in um, a Vibe magazine back when I was in high school, and um, started listening to his music. And for ages, he was like the only Australian artist that I would listen to. Um, and I used to just I used to make up like like um verses that i would rap to him if i ever met him um <laughs> and, and like i remember meeting him and i was just like frozen i was like i didn't wasn't even rapping wasn't nothing like that it was just sort of like oh hey god and i met him i didn't tell him i was a rapper or nothing um and it was just sort of i watched him perform and then that was it and then like two years later i ended up you know nookie yeah yeah nookie yeah yeah so i ended up I was part of, um, I'm part of a dance group called Magara and um, he joined one day and um, one of the boys was saying, oh yeah, Nookie's, Nookie's joining with us today. Um, he's a rapper and I was like, yeah, no, I know who Nookie is. And um, we got on this boat, we done a dance on this boat and um, one of the boys was like, oh, Kobe D's a rapper. And I was like, fuck, because I don't know, I don't really like doing that to people. I don't really like going, oh yeah, I'm a rapper and shit like that. Um, and humble. at the time I... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't really like doing that. But um, at that time, I was just, I only had like videos up on Facebook and shit. And um, one of the boys showed him one of my songs and then he's like, oh, can I show this to Briggs? And I was like, fuck, yeah, sweet. And he sent it to Briggs and then um, Briggs ended up hitting me up and he's like, fucking, do you want to come do this show with us in Canberra? He's like, fuck, yeah, fucking know. Um, we went down, we did the did the show for the Bad Apples House Party and um and yeah, it was sort of on and on and popping after that. Can you remember one of the raps you did for Briggs? Well that like you thought about doing for Briggs? Yeah, it was it was actually the rap that he um he showed to that nookie show. Well, you want me to rap that? Yeah, can you actually? <laughs> it, it is pretty long. Um, no, do it, please, for the podcast, for Mob Talk. Uh, so it goes, uh, it's, it's up on YouTube, actually. It goes, listen, my neighbors, I get it. Rappers talk shit when they spitting. I've written these rhymes of the vision. I kill them with fast one on phone with rhythm. I write everything that I know, spit everything that I see. We trying to get out the ghetto so we can give back to the streets. Be anything that you want, boy. I can say that you want change, but that shit only just fall in your lap, boy. Trouble follows and switch lanes because I've been there and I've done that. And I've drunk this and I've smoked that. But I got my life back on track and that old me ain't coming back. See, ain't been to prison, but listen, the system is one place they want you to go. Stay on your mission and make the decision to be the black man that grows. I know you got potential. See, knowledge is power indeed. Success is a mindset, so I keep my mind straight. No more puffing that weed. See, I do this for my culture. I'm known as the one a black soldier. I do it all for the kids that have nothing but hate and they chip on their shoulder. See, love is just all that we need. None of this money and greed. Please look at it with ah, mucked it up, but yeah. No, that's, you got that's it. Yo, you heard it here first. Kobe <laughs> <laughs> Nah, dude, that's sick. That's cool. Thanks for wrapping that for us. No, no worries. You know, that kind of relates back to the law of attraction, like when you think of something and then it comes to you. That's what happened. Yeah. You were manifesting that you were going to wrap that to Briggs and it happens. Oh, uh, man, I feel like 
how I've manifested everything in my life at the moment. It's like it's it's crazy. Ever since I was a kid, I've I've wanted to to rap. I've wanted to be a dad. Um, I've wanted all, all this stuff, and it's like I'm I'm doing it now. Like I, I'm living like my career is rapping. I've I've got a beautiful little daughter that lives with me. Um, she looks exactly like me. Like it's She's it's just so crazy. Cute. <laughs> Thank she? you. She she'll be two in April. Oh, terrible twos. Yeah, yeah. Are you so nervous? She's, she's nervous? definitely getting the attitude. Yeah. Oh, you wait. Attitude now yeah. is nothing compared to when she'll be a teenager. <laughs> she'll be giving you big yeah. love attitude. Uh, it'll be my karma for fucking up at my mum's place. Yeah, yeah. 100%. She'll probably won't be able to get away with anything, though, because you'll be like, sis, I've I've done it all. Uh, Don't even try. Yeah. Sneaking out of the yeah, house, no I've way. done it. <laughs> yeah, no way. Do you feel like you like what's what's next for Kobe D what's what's next planned are you writing songs or um yeah yeah so I've got an EP coming um I don't have a date but it's it's coming and um yeah the the songs on the on this EP is sort of like it's it's all different it goes from storytelling it goes from a bit of fun music um stuff about my life it's just like all over the place, so not not not. Um, each track is different to the other, um, and yeah, if you like Jody, there's another track on there that's coming, and it's um, it's just like Jody, but this one's about a girl. So it's oh, wow. it's called yeah, about cool. a called about a girl. So yeah, and, um, yeah, be, get excited for that one. I can't wait. I'll be yeah. I'll be doing a first release. Like listen, listen here, <laughs> mom talk. Um, <laughs> so there's something else I was gonna ask you. Oh. What advice do you have for young people or young boys especially or young girls as well that want to get into rapping? Like they they see this music career that they could possibly undertake and you're their role model. Like what, what advice do you give to them? Um, be real. Um, you know, like music is a way to express yourself um, and like it's okay at the start to sort of start um, just rapping about what you see like in music, movies or whatever but if you really want to take it serious, um, the only way people really do take you serious is when you be real about your you you um you rap about what's real for you. Authentic, um, yeah. Authentic, yeah. And never be never be afraid to rap about what you want to rap about. You know what I mean? Like for me, like I, I always I try to rap about as much positivity as, as as I can, like whether it's about love, whether it's about um, you know, like just I try to be as positive as I can in an industry where it's like a lot of positive rappers aren't really making it. Um, but for me, that's what I believe in and that's what I stand by. And, um, and it's, it's gotten me to where I am today. So my advice would be just be authentic and don't be afraid to rap about what you want to rap about. Yeah. Do you feel like, I don't know, for me, when I grew up listening to old school hip hop, you know, um, and then now, and all that they would rap about was true to what was going in on in their lives. So when they were rapping about being in gangs and, you know, all that kind of stuff, it was, that's what was happening for them. Where I feel like now new rappers, no hate or anything, but it's all about like sex, money, drugs. And I don't feel like it's really the best uh, role, not role model, but positive influence on kids, you know, thinking yeah. that that life, like bitches, money is, is a life to live. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like for me, like I know hip hop isn't a place to come to for role models. Um, like 
it's really just a way to express where you're going from. And for a lot of people, that is the life that they're living. You know, that that is the shit that they do. Um, and so so that's how they express it. You know what I mean? Um, for me, I just, I always knew, especially being the oldest of seven siblings and having little cousins and having nieces and nephews and like, I just, I, I knew that, especially seeing kids come back to me and they're rapping my lyrics back to me. I just, I knew for me, um, that's what I, I, I only want to put out, um, what I want to see change in the world. You know what I mean? Um, and that's just my, my own experience. That's, that's just how I, how I view my music and how I make my music, but that's not the same for everyone. Every, everyone just wants to outlet. Everyone wants to be heard. Everyone wants to, um, once their once their voice and people just express it differently, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's be the change you want to see in the world. That statement yeah. is pretty powerful. Um, yeah. On your new album, are you bringing in some girls or some cool vocals? I know you have um, on Still Standing. You have Lila. Is it Lila? Lia. Leah. Leah Knight. Leah. Leah Knight. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you bringing in some cool people like that, or do you have that kind of stuff planned for the future? Um, there are features. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna um, <laughs> give any exclusives at the moment, dirt, but yeah. Dirt on here. <laughs> <laughs> but there will there will be features, yeah, definitely. That's cool. And That's um, cool. uh, yeah, there'll be there'll be girl girls on on the um features. So, I'm yeah. excited. I reckon that's kind of like my favorite. Um, rap music not rap music but i love about still standing how you have the girl vocals in the back i think it adds like a yeah. good um contrast to what you're kind of saying you know what i mean yeah definitely yeah. and leonard she's she's got such a beautiful voice and it just really um really um yeah changes changes the feel of the song just like uh b moon when i in this life um she really brought another um mother vibe to the track and and yeah so yeah there's there's still a lot more of that in the in the album um yeah how did you get in contact with them? Like, was that bad apples, or did you scrape them out yourself? Um, uh, Leah and I, um, I don't know where we met, but we we were just we're, we're friends. So it was like it sort of um, sent the track to her and asked her if she would like like to jump on. And um, yeah, she said yes yeah, straight away. She came to the studio, and yeah, she got the hook, smashed the hook out. Um, B Moon, I didn't know beforehand. So um, she did the vocals and we didn't really meet until like a, f- a few months after, I think, actually. We didn't meet until we performed together one night oh, at really? the Opera House. So you, yeah, did the, the op- you did the track and then you met? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so crazy. we did the track and then we ha- I had um, a gig at the Opera House with Briggs and stuff. Um, and we just hit her up and was like, do you want to come perform? this life with me and yeah we met for the first time then yeah. that's sick do you guys have good chemistry on stage yeah yeah definitely it was like it was like we've known each other for ages yeah it was mad so for a lot of the young people that will be listening to this they look as you mm-hmm. as a role model or just a really cool dude in general what advice do you have from them kind of you starting off your life not starting off your life but going through some pretty shitty things um, you know, addiction, um, turning your life around, going into rehab, having a kid, now becoming a pretty renowned rapper, an Aboriginal rapper. Um, what is some advice you can give to these young people? Um, I, I think it goes back to even what I said about music, just be, be true to yourself and just, just be yourself. Um, I, and I think so one, one quote that I love is like everything passes. So whatever you're going through in life, it, it will pass. Um, 
I, I guess I, I, I think um, just striving to, to heal from any trauma that you're going through. Um, and yeah, yeah, just be true to yourself. That's, that's, that's my biggest one. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks, Jude. Um, I've got another question for you from from some of the ladies back at uh, the office. You single? Well, what's your, what's your <laughs> yeah. early status? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking with you. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, Kobe, for coming on. It's been really awesome. Um, we loved having you on. I cannot even wait to see what you've got in store for us. And yeah, thanks for sharing your stories with us, man. They're pretty powerful. No worries. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on Mob Talk this week. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and don't forget to chuck us a follow on Instagram. And we'll see you all for another yarn soon.